Welcome everybody to the Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brown, and with me as always, my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is up, Tommy? How are you? I'm getting exhausted, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm so tired. I'm so, yeah, I'm just, uh, you ever felt like you're out of your body because you, you're, you're so exhausted, you're so tired? I feel like I'm just running on fumes right now, man. I really do. Yeah, I hate that feeling. Like I, you're, yeah, just I feel, feel worn down. Yeah, I feel like those guys, fucking, uh, that were in heat race, heat race one last night that did like sixty laps, whatever it was. <laughs> They're like almost running out of fuel and uh, feel like that right now. But other than that, I'm 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 great. So had a fun couple nights watching the Eldora Million, which was awesome, and we we're definitely going to talk about that. Even had a good good race at atlanta last weekend which was a uh a pleasant surprise so a lot of race and action that's happened over the last week we still got more upcoming big news in the sprint car world too with uh the splitting of anthony macri from his family-owned sprint car we got to talk about that as well in our uh, dirt track recap but before we dive into all of that Big news in the F1 world as Daniel Ricciardo is back in an F1 seat for the rest of the season. So Daniel Ricciardo, you guys remember, he, for any of you who are newer F1 fans, if you are part of the drive, what they have now dubbed the drive to survive generation. Okay, these are literally people who have become fans of F1 because of the show Drive to Survive on Netflix. And there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. It's a, it's huge. And I had told you guys before, I was a fan of F1 before. Um, I had kind of stopped watching it, you know, years ago, back when Vettel, or really it was Schumacher had dominated. I had gotten kind of bored with it, stopped watching, was kind of starting to kind of watch again and then Vettel dominated and I was like oh whatever you know I wasn't really paying much attention to it um you know hybrid era comes out then it's Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton and they're just dominating and I started getting back into it towards the last couple seasons of the Mercedes run and I had started getting back into it more because of sim racing I was just following a lot more racing stuff because of sim racing and then drive to survive came out and then once i got to kind of re learn be reintroduced to all of the characters right because that's really what it is it's it's just great storytelling for the behind the scenes of the f1 sport then i was fully immersed back into it because there was a lot of drivers that I did not know anything about because I had been kind of in and out, in and out following. Yeah, I know the big names, right? I knew Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen, you know, Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, right? Like, you know, these bigger guys, but the the ones who kind of are there and then come in and out or the up and coming, I didn't know any of them. And when Drive to Survive came out, the top, probably what you would consider the top two teams in F1 in terms of uh the casual fans um ability to recognize would be mercedes and ferrari right ferrari is associated with f1 regardless they could literally become the worst team on the grid finish dead last every single week and ferrari is still going to be known and associated with f1 people who don't even know anything about racing right 
will know that Ferrari is in F1, right? So people are always going to know the Ferrari team and then Mercedes too. And those two teams essentially opted out of the drive to survive for season one. They, they were not a part of it. Um, they didn't talk. Obviously you see clips and stuff, but there's no interviews with the team members, the drivers, none of that stuff. So really the, the stars of the show in terms of the top team on the show was Red Bull and it was Ricardo and Max Verstappen. And this literally turned Daniel Ricardo into a star. You, if you go back and you watch season one, if you know anything about storytelling or producing or anything like that, and I, I don't know anything about producing, but I do know about story structure and telling and, and things of that nature. You can see that Ricardo is the star. He is the star of the show. That's who they focus on. That's who they're the overarching um, character type. The the whole you know narrative structure and everything is built around Daniel Ricardo. He is the star of the show, and it launched him into another atmosphere. Um, many have said that his stardom outweighs exceeds his driving ability, which I think is unfair because he's a damn good driver. F1 is so hard to win. You got to understand to get eight wins in F1 when you've never been on the dominant team. Because keep in mind, when, when Ricardo was at F1, they were good, but they were not the dominant team. They had a ton of engine problems that last year Ricardo was there. The Renault engines were not good. They were exploding almost every other race. They lacked power. It was just not a good combination. It wasn't until Honda came along that we saw Red Bull really take that next big step to where they're at now. Ricardo wasn't around for any of that. He went to Renault. They took a big step backwards, not just because it wasn't, you know, just on him. The team did not improve the way that they should have. And then he went to McLaren and McLaren fell off a cliff. Now, Lando Norris was still doing pretty well, but Ricardo struggled mightily. He had one win at Monza, and other than that, the rest of his time at McLaren was just something to forget, right? It was not good. And McLaren, uh, McLaren bought out his contract so they could bring in Oscar Piastri. Um, McLaren, we just saw them this last week have their first like really good race this season. And... Lando Norris got a podium. He even led a couple laps like it was a big turn on for them. But Ricardo did a tire test after the Silverstone race in the Red Bull car. And word is, is that the lap times that he was putting down were extremely competitive. Uh, for qualifying, he would have qualified second. Now, that... It's very easy to sit here and say, hey, look, his lap times would have qualified, would have got him second on the grid. When there's no other cars out there, there's no pressure, that, right? There's no, there's no like, hey, we need this. You've got to get the car here, right? There, there's, it's just your driving. Obviously, it's a tire test and he wants to show that he can still do it. Every tire test that he's done is, is obviously, he's got something to prove because he doesn't just want to be a reserve driver. He wants to be an, on the grid. And his tire test went extremely well. So much so that the call was basically made to Helmut Marco. Uh, Christian Horner called Marco. This is a story that has come out of numerous F1 reporters or reports online that you can find. Horner tells Marco about Ricardo's uh, lap times. 
Marco, who has been hinting at them getting rid of Nick DeVries, has basically said a couple weeks ago, like, he's got a couple races to prove what he can do, and that's it. <clears throat> and uh, it was it was like an hour or two later. It wasn't much longer. Uh, Marco had called back Horner and said, all right, we're basically we're gonna put ricardo in the car like i mean that was that was it they they got rid of devries daniel ricardo is now going to be in the alfatari car uh for the rest of the season and this will give him an opportunity to show what he can do now although the alfatari car right that although that is like the red bull junior team right it's like their b squad that car is nothing like the red bull right the nothing like the top team that car you can make the argument is the worst car on the grid like it's bad it, it it doesn't handle well it doesn't have good speed there's nothing about that car that is appealing there nothing there's not there's no defining you know quality about it there's no redeeming you know factor when it comes to speed that you could point to and you can say hey look yes this might not be good but in the low speed corners, right, they can really get the car to, it's not, there's, there, that does not exist. The car is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So it's going to give them an opportunity, I think, personally, to number one, gauge where Yuki Sonoda's at. This is important because Yuki Sonoda is one of the drivers that they've brought up, Red Bull has come up, brought up. He has shown glimpses to be very fast, although he was wildly inconsistent last year and the year before. Um, he has been more consistent this year, but it looks like the car is just so bad they can't get much more out of it. So it's going to give them an opportunity to gauge Yuki Sonoda against Daniel Ricardo because be, say what you will about Ricardo, at the end of the day, the dude can drive. You don't win eight times in, in Formula One by sucking, right? You've got to have talent. And Ricardo is a very, very good driver. You look at people in the sport and they'll talk about how good of a driver it is. When he was struggling at McLaren, there was people saying like, what the hell's wrong? Like, he's better than this. What's going on? And a lot of that was really after he left, it was kind of put on the car. Like, oh, wow, this car wasn't good at all. So... It'll give him a chance to kind of gauge where, where Sonoda's at, gauge where the car is at, and ultimately gauge where Ricardo's at. Um, and big, you know, the big rumor is that this is setting up a return for Ricardo to Red Bull next year, that Sergio Perez will be out. Um, Checo, who started off the season really well, has not done very well these last few weeks. He has not made it out of or made it to Q3. Uh, for qualifying, which is a big deal. When you are in the car, right? Like when you are in the fastest car on the track. Um, yes, that car is built around Max Verstappen, but it's still a fast car. And he had been very competitive at the beginning of the season. So why he's kind of fallen off, I don't know. But he has. And there's a lot of people saying that, look, Red Bull has not had a... Their best driver pairing was back when Ricardo was there with Verstappen before he left. And are they going to try to rekindle that next season? And only time will tell. But big news for Ricardo as he makes his return to the F1 world as a driver, not just as a reserve driver and in the AlphaTauri car. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when he takes over the reins uh, at, I believe it's going to be the Hungaro ring. So... Really, really interesting. Uh, 
Good to see Ricardo back on the grid. Tough break for Nick DeVries because I actually don't think he'll over... I don't think he's going to be able to bounce back from this. He's 28 years old in the world of F1. That's ancient. If you can't make it through a full season, um, you're not going to have a lot of teams, you know, wanting to, to bring you in. So tough break for him. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out for old Danny Rick moving forward. All right, Keith, it's time for hit or miss. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so we got a couple things on the docket. Um, pretty interesting weekend of racing at Atlanta, uh, and uh, we're going to be covering that topic here in hit or miss. So let's get things started with our first Subject, which is Atlanta this last weekend, was the best restrictor plate race we have seen in years. Hit or miss the mark? I think it's got to hit the mark with the new car, at least. Um, I agree on that 100%. <laughs> and, and, and it's thanks to the weather. The weather brought the urgency out of the guys, and, the, and they raced with some fire in their pants for once at a restrictor plate race, and it was actually really good. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. It it had the even flows of a of a restrictor plate race. Now, is there a way to keep it? Can we can we keep it this way? I hope, and I I think we'll have to sit back and see what they do for next season. But I think it was the best so far. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, one of the things that I also thought really helped the racing was the track has seemed to have already lost quite a bit of grip compared to where we were at just a year ago. Um, to see those guys actually, the, the it reminded me of old Daytona when handling used to matter at Daytona. You know, when you looked at the restrictor plate races before, right? We had Daytona, Talladega. That was always the big difference between those tracks was Daytona, handling matters right we're talladega it's like dude you're you're it's bigger it's wider you're just wide open no matter what you could have a poor handling car and still win the race but daytona handling really mattered and last week at atlanta handling mattered it mattered you you saw guys having to lift a little bit you saw guys who whose cars weren't handling well and they were pushing up the track or or getting loose and i thought it made the racing much much better and, um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the track. I'm also in 100% agreement with you on the weather. I think the weather played a huge role because it added a sense of urgency to the race that we have not seen in those restricted plate races in a long time. So, <clears throat> because we get to that point every time with the, um, with the, uh, restricted plate racing where basically we have the ride around phase, right? Where they're just going to sit or, sit there and ride around. They're just clock and laps and it's boring it sucks it's not fun so um yeah i uh i'm with you man it was a it was an awesome race and yeah i was actually i actually enjoyed it i gotta tell you it was the first restrictor plate race i've really enjoyed in a long time yeah and i completely agree with that and it's crazy to see how much the track has changed from last year um, i know it just goes to show what weather can really do to a racetrack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't, and I don't know why, you know, if you look at other tracks throughout the country, right? NASCAR tracks, you know, it, it, it could take years for the track to, 
to weather that much. Why Atlanta gets so weathered so fast? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I wish they would do it to more, uh, more of the speedways because it makes it <laughs> makes it much more interesting. So, absolutely, I completely agree with that. All right, next up, we've got restrictor plate restrictor plate race length. So NASCAR should shorten all the restrictor plate races except the Daytona 500 to 300 miles or less hit or miss the mark um after seeing what they did at atlanta i think it hits the mark um it made the racing better gave that sense of urgency for the drivers in the stages mm-hmm. and then at the final stage um now if they were to lower it would we see the same thing don't know don't know till we try it what's the worst that could happen it not work and then yeah we're back to the same length now, as long as they don't touch anything else outside of the super speedways, I'm on board for it. Anything to make the racing better at this point, especially for the super speedways, because between them and the short tracks, the, the package has been complete dog shit. Yes, uh, it has. So anything to make it better, uh, I'm all for. No, I'm with you. Um, I would like to see the races shorten on the stricter plates, just, just for the sense of urgency. Um. You know, the Daytona 500, it's the Daytona 500. Keep it, right? But the other races, you know, we've talked about it before, like Talladega, right? That is a huge track, and these guys just get lined up, and it's literally like watching pace laps, but at 200 miles an hour, right? Like, that's what it turns into, where it's just literally like, oh, my God. We're on lap 30 of 188. You're, you're telling me we've got... 150 more laps to go like it just takes forever um we don't see the runs like we used to right we don't see them you know they they just fall in and ride around and then it turns into urgency at the end of the race and then it's chaos because we end up with like a dozen cautions or something so yeah. I would like to see them shorten just because those races can really drag on when there's nothing happening and look you know, I know racing is not baseball, right? But I love baseball. Love it. And I haven't really watched baseball in a few years because the the sport had gotten it had gotten so bad to watch. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Games took forever. And it was the same thing every time where it was literally like, dude, you're either like going to strike out or the dude's going to hit a home run. Like that's all it had turned into. And you got all these nerds talking about launch angles and ball rotation. I'm like, just play the fucking game, man. Like just, it's baseball. Just play it, right? And they just turned it into something that I did not recognize anymore. But the purists... Didn't want to make changes. We don't want a pitching clock. We don't want to get rid of this. We don't want to do that because that's part of the game. And that's, that's, it's always been. And guess what? They made those changes and it is far better now. The games are like on average, like 30 to 45 minutes shorter. You're not sitting there just watching all this stupid, you know, dude just going up there swinging at air or hit. Like, I get it. Home runs are cool. But when the score is two to one and all three runs were solo home runs, like, that's freaking boring, right? So they made the changes and it has improved the game drastically. 
I get it, man. NASCAR has been this way forever. But, dude, I don't think there's anything wrong with making some changes to the lengths of these races, especially in the society that we live in today. We've got people who spend all day long watching 30-second TikTok videos, sitting down for four hours to watch a 500-mile race, right? especially when we're just talking restrictor plates, and just watching cars literally look like they're in a, a traffic jam. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's completely different nowadays. I don't think there's anything wrong with with shortening them races and just trying it. What's like you said, Keith? What's the worst that can happen? They end up going back to 500 mile races. You know what I mean? Like, what's the worst that can happen? And so, and I completely completely agree with that. Yeah, like 100. percent NASCAR should look at baseball honestly. Yeah. With the pitch clock in, in the bigger bases taking the shift away, it has completely changed the way the game of baseball is played today. Mm -hmm. Completely changed it. And and they gambled. And the gamble has paid off, to yes, be honest. Yes, it has. In my, in my own opinion, way. baseball is funner to sit down and watch. Yep. Look at the Reds. Look at the Cincinnati Reds right now. Yep. This The rule changes has helped them. Mm -hmm. they're, they're playing baseball the way it was played years ago yeah. when, when base runners mattered. NASCAR needs to sit down and look at it and be like, look, they made a big change. That is a huge change in the MLB. Yep. It ain't going to hurt to take a cup race and, and make it in that Xfinity race length. It ain't going to hurt it. It's not. If, in, if anything, add 20, 30 laps so a green flag pit stop matters. But even then, it ain't going to hurt it. No, it's it's not going to hurt it, man. It, it's... It's one of the things that they've talked about forever, the races being too long. It, it really is. And I understand with the TV rights contracts and all this stuff coming up because this is, when it comes to live, right, when it comes to live appointment viewing, they're, the only thing left, the only game in town is sports. That's all it is. That's, the old, that's why these, these contracts for... NFL, NBA, even Major League Baseball, when you look at the regional television rights, stuff like that, it's insane how expensive these contracts are. College football, college basketball, right? Big time money. So I understand it. NASCAR, when you start looking at it, you're saying, hey, look, man, well, if we cut the race from four hours to, to three, that's an hour of potential ad revenue that we're losing our marketability. Make it up somewhere else. Who cares, right? You cannot just... I understand, right, at the end of the day, the economics drives everything, but if you put out an absolute boring eyesore of a product, it's not going to matter how long the race is if nobody's freaking watching it. So, uh, Keith, I'm with you. Make some changes. What's the worst that can happen? You do it, and then you come back next year and say, hey, man, we tried that. It didn't work the way we thought it would, so we're going to go back to what we have always done. Like, it's it, not a big deal. And, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump down their throats or come at them if they changed it for the final plate races that we have coming up. Me neither. I have no you, problem you, with that. You have two races left. Try it now. And if it works, you know, next year, okay, we can make them 300 miles and it's going to work. Mm -hmm. We've tried it three times already. And I'm going to count Atlantis trying it because the weather played a factor. The weather yeah. made the race better. Cause let's be honest right now, the only exciting times on plate races, the end of stages coming to the end yep. and the end of the race, the final 20 laps is the most exciting part of a plate race. Yep. Yep. Everything else is just, it's just there. It's just filler. So yeah, I'm with you. Make some changes. It ain't going to hurt it.
All right, moving on. This weekend, we've got the new tire at New Hampshire. So, Keith, NASCAR's... Sh I use this term loosely because I, they've kind of changed what we call a short track. All right, New Hampshire's a mile. Like, it used to not be considered a short track. Now it is. But anyways, New Hampshire is going to be a very good short track race with the new Goodyear tire. Hit or miss the mark. Oh, now we, we've been beating the shit out of NASCAR about this short track package as of now. Yes, we have. I, I think it's going to miss the mark till I see it, till I see the product laid out in front of me and, and, and the race plays out just to see what the tire does, how much, how bad the fall off is. Does it make the racing better? So right now I got to say it misses the mark till I see it. Yeah. And if it, and if it's good mark it now that I change it to hits the mark. Yeah. But right now before I, I have a hard time saying uh, it, it hits it without seeing it. And and yeah. especially with a full field, because I know they tested the tire with the manufacturers. That that's what five, six, seven cars from each team. Yeah, uh, I just I want to see it first. Yeah, so right now it's just got a mess. Yeah, I'm gonna be with you on that. I'm gonna give it a to to be to be determined later. It's just uh, you know, Denny Hamlin was talking about it because Christopher Bell was one of the people who tested it. Um, there seems to be more grip at the beginning. There is more fall-off, um, a couple tenths more. Most people might be like, well, a couple tenths, that's nothing. That's actually pretty big when you look at what, what separates these cars now, where you're talking about a half a tenth of a second between, like, the leader and 20th. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 there's not much fall-off there. So I I think it... Definitely has the potential. Um, they're still going to be shifting like crazy, right? You know, so um, we'll have to see how the tire affects everything else. Um, the potential's there, but we'll have to see if it actually can happen. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, big news. They had the, uh, the Hall of Fame ballot announced for 2024. Um, two people were added to this ballot and Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson added to the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot and they should 100% be inducted hit or miss the mark I don't even think they should put them on the ballot I think I don't even know why we're wasting our time yeah I, I it, yeah they should already be in. Yeah, like that should be. That's one of those ones where NASCAR could come out and be like, "Hey, we're just vetoing right now. These two are in. They're eligible. They're in." Like, I don't know how you even make the argument against them. It's just, it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, I think that hits the mark with a yeah. mile on stick. To yeah, be I mean. I mean, who's not going to vote? Yeah, you know, look, and you I'm know? not even, a, I was not even a Jimmy Johnson fan, right, as a race car driver. I've always respected his talent. I thought the dude was incredible. I mean, obviously, as a talent. I remember I got into a huge argument with a bunch of my family members up in Washington because they're, they're big NASCAR fans up there. And we got into a big argument because, first of all, my, my family up there, my cousin David, 
he is best friends with Greg Biffle. Like they, they went to the same school together. They grew up together. They're like best friends. And so we were having this argument because this was back when Biffle was competing for championships. That's how long ago it was. And I said, look, I'm not a Jimmy Johnson fan. I said, you don't have to like him. I go, but you have to respect his talent. And they were like, no, we don't. We don't have to respect his talent. He doesn't have any. He's overrated. I'm like, how can you say that with a straight face? I'm like, even if you hate the guy, if you can't stand him, you cannot sit there and say with a straight face that he doesn't have any talent. Like, well, it's all Chad Canals. I'm like, that's stupid. That's a dumb. I said, that's a dumb argument to have. I go, yes, don't get me wrong. Chad Canals is an absolute genius. And we've seen what a crew chief like that with the right driver can do. You look at what Jeff Gordon and Ray Evernham did before Evernham left, right? Gordon only won one more championship after Evernham left. But it, it's still, the driver is a huge point. You can't just be like, well, it's a crew chief. He's just back there holding the wheel. That's it. <laughs> And I see both sides. I can see where a crew chief could bring the best out of a driver. We've seen it with Absolutely. Kevin and, and Rodney Childers. But come on now. When you yeah. win seven freaking championships and yeah. all those races, it's, it's a shoo-in. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, I, uh, To me, the record that they have together is we'll never see it again. We'll never see that again. I, Absolutely not. I, You know what I mean? We'll never see a pairing like that again. I remember saying after Evernham left, I remember saying, I was like, we will never see that again where, where a driver and a crew chief will be that dominant. And it was not much longer after much later when Canals and Jimmy Johnson came along and I was eating crow. Cause I was like, well, damn, apparently we will. Like I just, I never thought in a million years we would see, Gordon and Evernham bested because that was unheard. What those guys did at the hadn't been done since Shelmerdine and Earnhardt. And that was, that was, even though it's considered modern era, it was a different era of racing when they had done that, you know? So for me, I was, I was just blown away. And Jimmy Johnson found the quickest path to being hated, which is success. I mean, he was good from his rookie year the the stuff that he is that he did and amassed it's i'm an earnhardt fan i'll always consider earnhardt the goat but there is a very compelling argument that you can make that jimmy johnson is um there is you know it's 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 there and i think what makes it even better is nascar changed the playoffs how many freaking times to to break it up and it still didn't freaking work it didn't matter it didn't matter you know what i mean it did not matter so, yeah, he is – I don't think we'll ever see a level of dominance like that again. I I think yeah. that's one record Kyle Larson won't get, won't break. No, I don't think so either. Um, You know, to, just what they did was and, ridiculous. And, and he has broken a lot of records. He has. I mean, he it, has. And I, I just – I laugh that they put – those two on the ballot like yeah <laughs> come on now yeah uh, they, they, if they're on the ballot there should be a little note next to it that says we've already they're already in we're just doing this it's a formality <laughs> like because i don't know how you could how you could, how could uh you, how could you put them on the ballot for this great face yeah and be like all right you got to vote for these guys like i I'm, it's just like dude come on so yeah, the definitely two Hall of Famers will be uh, voted in for 2024 as they should be. So, 
That's going to do it for our hit or miss portion of the show. When we get back, we're going to do a quick NASCAR uh pick them and then we're going to be moving on to our dirt track recap as we had the eldora million and man it did not disappoint so stick around today's episode is brought to you by produxa look you guys when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces you pretty much have two options you can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, uh, you know, do the old school like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, so now it's time for our NASCAR pick So last weekend, Keith, I had picked uh, McDowell. You had Almirola. McDowell beat Almirola. Thank goodness I actually scored some points. I'm still way behind, 18 points behind. Um, but this week, we've got New Hampshire coming up. And yeah. Uh, who am I picking for New Hampshire? I gotta, I gotta really think about who, who I'm going to pick here. Who have I not picked? That's the question. Running, I'm running low on names here. Uh, bum, 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 bum. I am going to pick, oh, you know who I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick Christopher Bell. I have not picked him yet. I'm going to pick Christopher Bell. I like it. Former winner, past winner. Yep. Yep. All right, so who do you got for New Hampshire this week? I finally can dig into my bag of tricks. I'm, I'm going to go Tyler Reddick. That's a good one. I, I think I think now's the time where he's got to either nut up or shut up. Yeah, well, you know, we've got to... When we when you look at the points and the drivers, you know, who are really on that bubble and, and people, you know, gonna start we're looking at the jockeying for not just making the playoffs but playoff position, right? When you look at like a William Byron who's got what has he got, like twenty seven the twenty seven playoff points. I mean, he's a he's essentially guaranteed himself a spot in the you might as well say That's the fine. round of eight. The round of eight. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, these other guys, Reddick, Stenhouse, Blaney, like Logano, these guys who find themselves a little bit further back in terms of those, they've won races, right? They're in the playoffs, but they really need to start looking at, hey, how are we going to try to position ourselves so we can get through that first round of 16? Um, I think Reddick's there. You know, they've shown lots of speed. And in my opinion, Reddick should have oh, at least have two. Wins. Yeah, I was gonna say at least two, if not three, wins on the season. So I like it. I like it. That's a good pick, man. Because I think we could definitely see a strong showing from from him. So 
All right, I just, so I got I got a weird feeling that the Toyotas are going to be really good at at New Hampshire. You know, they've got some of the, some of them tracks, man. They are really good at, and I I could definitely see a New Hampshire being a race where they are just on it. I really can. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting, like I said, with the new tire and you know everything that's going on. It's gonna be a uh, gonna be fun to watch, but. Speaking of fun to watch, if you did not watch the Eldora Million, what is wrong with you? Uh, Shame on you. Yes. Shame on you. If you love dirt racing, I'd, you go back and watch it. It was incredible. This might have been one of the best racing events I've ever watched. The format, the uniqueness of the format, the way that they did the points... Um, I always have, I've always loved multi-day events. And to me, if you are racing everybody each night, a two-day event to me has always been the best way to do it. If you're splitting it up into two groups and it's a three-day, right? Where you've got group A one night, group B another night, and then everybody races on the final night. Um, and what they did doing the two groups, but running them all the same night in the preliminary was it was incredible, man. I've got nothing bad to say about the Eldora Million. I don't, dude. I, I think it was like a flawless show. I really do. What were your thoughts on it, Keith? Uh, it was probably one of the better wing sprint car races I've watched. Just just mm-hmm. as a whole. The, the both days, they didn't disappoint. Um, even the C features were incredible to watch. The B mains were insane. Um, you've seen, you've seen some guys that you don't normally see running towards the front. Yeah. You see some not so big names running with big names and, and actually doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Really well. Hockey McHugh showed me a lot in the two days. He, he was, he was really freaking fast. It was unfortunate what happened in the the feature last night, but you have you have things like that happen. Um, I applaud the track crew. The track prep was phenomenal. Um, a little rough going, getting into one and two, but it's a dirt race. You're going to have things like that. It, yeah, that's going to happen regardless. It, it's just another card in the hand. You either go above it or you go through mm-hmm. it or you go under it. it. It just depends on who, who's willing to risk it all yep. for nothing. And and I thought I couldn't be more excited for a race than the one that we watched yesterday and the day before last i i hope they bring it back i heard rumblings last night that it might not be the sprint car million next year may not be a million at all i i hope they continue to do this whether it's every i two to three years but i would love to i was thinking about this last night because when they were saying they were called, you know, they you would hear the announcers and they would say something like the inaugural Eldora Million, and it's like, well, we don't know if they're going to be doing this again. But for me, I would love to see them do this like the Olympics, right? Where you want to do one for the lay models, you want to do one for the sprint cars, fine, but space it out, have it be every four years, right, or three years, but. Do something like that where, you know, we had the late model one last year, wait, you know, do an off year and then 
do the late model one again, and then do a sprint car one, right? Then be having off your, if you did something like that, I think that would be amazing because now it's, it's a huge event. It's not an every year thing, which makes it that much bigger. It gives people a shot to run it again, right? I mean, you look at, you know, we talked about it was 30 years ago, right? When Jack Hoddenshield won. And you're talking about 30 years in between those two races. That's insane, right? But if you could do it every three to three or four years, I think now you've got the ability for it to still be a huge event, right? It's something really, really special. It doesn't just become expected or played out, right? And you've got the big money, the opportunity. I would have to think that Eldora, the amount of money that they put up, but for the amount of people who watched and you know everything, I would have to think that they, at the very least, did not lose money. You know what I mean? So, to me, I would love to see something like that. Yeah, and... And 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 the format, the format is what made it awesome because it, the heat races mattered, passing mattered, position mattered, qualifying finally mattered. Everything and, mattered. Yeah, and and what made it even cooler was to have Jonathan Davenport present the trophy. Mm-hmm. That that was pretty freaking neat. Um, but I'm with you that that it shouldn't have take taken thirty years for another sprint car race to pay a million now now i want to see it for the non-wing community i think that would be so badass um whether it happens or not probably not we'll probably never see a million dollar race for a non-wing race it would be amazing if it did it would be but yeah i, I think i think you're right i don't think we'd ever see that i'd be happy if they did a quarter million for the non-wing guys uh. yeah like if they if they did a million non-wing races, yeah. I think I would go find a car for sale somewhere and just buy it just to start yeah. the weekend just or, to be or in it. Yeah, luck into making the show is like 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 this past weekend. Some local races to win don't even pay what it made to. Yeah, just to make the yeah, night. just to I make mean, the feature. Mm -hmm. I I applaud Tony Stewart. I applaud everybody at Eldora. Even the crowd, that that was the most exciting part. Seeing the fans there, that place was freaking packed. Yeah, it was insane. Night dirt race, that is insane. It was insane. So, and, and, right. and even then, you couldn't have picked a better team to win the million. No, you really can't. Um, uh, that's almost but, like a true underdog story. A team that it really is racing. Outlaw Racing ten years ago, I think, mm -hmm. and and I seen a picture of their original hauler, and people would crap their pants if they seen their first hauler. I mean, it was a pile of junk. One side of the trailer, you could see through the trailer, you could see the freaking car in the trailer, and, and now they won a million. Yep, yep. You know they uh, their their story is really cool. Um, you know they're essentially a family operation. Uh, a lot of people 
don't know this. Um, I somebody had told me this a few years ago, and I I never had really looked into it until I heard it mentioned again, um, probably last year. But the whole shark racing, a lot of people don't know where that comes. It's really cool that actually it comes from the old fighter planes in World War II. Um, uh, what? They weren't called sharks, though. I think they were called, like, tigers or lions or something like that. There was um, a squadron of planes. I think they were called the Flying Tigers. And they had, like, teeth on them. And the uh, head of the family, uh, Bobby Allen's dad. I'm sorry that I'm forgetting his name. He was a pilot in the army. So that's where the whole teeth thing comes from, apparently. And yeah, like you said, Keith, they, they, 10 years ago, they had said they were going to go outlaw racing. Everybody thought they were nuts. Um, and they did it. And they last night win a million dollars. And Logan Shuhart is one of those guys. And that team, they're one of those teams when they are on, they are money they are unbeatable i watched logan shuhart at the world finals be hands down the most dominant car out there and come up 0 for 2 on wins because of like parts failures like i mean like he should have won both nights when i was there wasn't even close he was hands down the fastest car was not even close and last night hands down he was the fastest car wasn't even close um, just insane. He dominated. He don't. He led every single lap, every lap. So yeah, I'm with you, Keith. the 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 whole point system, the the format, the way they did it. To me, it was perfect. It was. It's the. It was. It really was. It was absolute perfect dirt race. Um, I could not be happier with it and yeah i hope they do it again someday i don't know when that'll be but i hope they do it again someday um i would have to believe that there's not going to be a million dollar payout next next year at eldora yeah and and he delivered an old-fashioned ass whipping yes he did yes he did and i was i was pretty damn surprised that Macedo couldn't get to him brad sweet couldn't get to him because let's be honest those are the two fastest cars hands down in the outlaws oh yeah outside of david gravel um this was really in my eyes a david versus goliath moment Mm -hmm. you had i'm gonna say little team versus two big teams two bigger stronger teams now granted yes i know shark racing is a two-car team but they're not the most dominating team like like the Casey no. Kane racing the Jason Johnsons it was so badass to sit and watch like if you weren't happy for them I I feel sorry for you because it's it's not every day a, a smaller team to that size and and to see the shop that they work out of it's just incredible yeah. and to not only win the race Jacob Allen finished 15th. So mm-hmm. they, they had a hell of a payday and the weekend yeah. ain't even over. No, it's not. Um, tonight is the night before the Kings Royal. And then we got the Kings Royal on Saturday. 
which is still, you know, 175,000 to win, which is incredible because I was, I said this last night as a joke. I said, you know, this weekend's Kings Royal winner, unless it's Logan Shuhart, it's Logan Shuhart. He'll be happy. But anybody other than Logan Shuhart, probably the most disappointing, disappointed Kings Royal winner ever, right? Because when you look at, oh my God, I won the same weekend at Eldora and it was $800,000 less down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. It's going to be, you know, uh, someone said that, well, they, they've got, they got the format. They should have done the Kings Royal before. And I would have loved to have seen that too, to cap off the weekend with the million, but I understand why they had to do it this way with scheduling and all that stuff like that. So like, I, I understand why they had to do it this way, which is what and they did last year with the late models too. When, when was the last time that you seen a dirt sprint car race for a weekend, individually weekend with a payout? with ups to over $2 million. Yeah. I, I never, 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 never. Um, man, I just can't get over how bad of a badass of a race it was. I mean, it was, it was exciting. Um, you had the, the, what was it? The, I'm going to call it the wheel of death, the invert wheel. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, mm -hmm. I seen a lot of blowback from the late model guys on the, on the invert, how they hate it, but that's two totally different cars. You, yes. These, with the sprint cars, you just, you rip the top and you let it hang. And yeah. And, uh, Logan Schuhart did that. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I, I, to the inverts I, real quick though, but because I've also seen some stuff out there on social media, but just because it was awesome at the Eldora million does not mean that we need to be inverting every single freaking race no, in dirt now. No. Okay. Like, so. Those of you who are saying that, get a grip, relax, right? This only works when you're doing these points types of events, right? That's the only way you can sit there and invert everything like that. Because when you start punishing, right? Like legit punishing fast qualifying, it makes qualifying now pointless. Yeah. And then you get sandbag and everything and, else. So, And you see it on the USAC side. They they invert every every night. They invert every race it, it's annoying to a point because like if you if you set quick time you're you're fucked because you're starting let's say sixth or seventh in a heat race yeah then, then you gotta fight your way to the front which is i get it it's exciting to a point but if you're that guy that set quick time and you miss the show that's so deflating that sucks man that's terrible it, it, it it's it's feeling like sheldon Hoddenshield missing yeah, the missing the million. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I inverts are cool and they have their place. But and I like inverts. I really do. Hey, how exciting would that have been? He made it through the C main. I thought he was going to make it through the B, and then we just seen had all he not. Yeah, had he not got caught up in that accident, I think he would have made it to the feature. Because I had said when he was starting in the C main, I said Hod and Shield's going to make the feature. And the group that I was watching with was like, yeah, I think so. And he went like 20th to 8th in like a lap and a half. Two laps. Yeah, it was something <laughs> insane. You know what I mean? It was something insane. Like you got to really see what Sheldon Hodden did, Shield did last night in, the, in those consolation races in the C main and then the first part of the B main that he raced is an absolute real world just – Hey, you want to know what an outlaw driver looks like against everybody else? This is it, right? Like that's that. It was just an excellent display of 
one of the best in the world against everybody else, right? And don't get me wrong, those consolation races were stacked and up towards the front of them, right? When you see a Darren Pittman or those guys who are actually running up front there and they've got speed, right? And you're talking about a former, you know, outlaw champion. But when you look at the rest of that pack, right? A hot shield just sliced through it like a hot knife through butter. It, it wasn't even, it was. And, and he was making it look easy. Yes. Simple. We were. We were seeing the Sheldon Hodden shield that we're always accustomed to watching at Eldora pissed off, banging the wall down, yeah. and and he didn't give a fuck yeah. who was in front of him. Yeah, it was it, uh, it was it a was bummer exciting. that he didn't make the show. Yeah, it was exciting, but it was a bummer he, he didn't make the show. Oh, it was a huge bummer, and and the fortunate thing is, yeah, he didn't win the million, didn't make the show, but you got the whole weekend for the Kings Royal. And I, I think they'll rebound. I mean, they they have to, right? I mean, I think we, he's we, one of the favorites for the Kings Royal. Has to be. I do, especially at Eldora. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a better place to put Sheldon Hoddenshield at other than Eldora. Just I'm gonna say because of the excitement factor. I mean, there's not an, a more exciting person to watch at Eldora outside of Kyle Larson, Tyler Courtney, and Robert Ballou in a non-wing car. Yeah just so incredible to see what they can do at a place like Eldora. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Hodden Shield's definitely going to be someone to keep an eye on for the Kings Royal, which brings us to our next portion of the dirt track recap, which is going to be our dirt track preview. We've got the Kings Royal. So Keith, we'll do what we did last time. We'll pick two drivers. Um, we both kind of forgot who we picked. I, I think I, I think we had both picked Rico, and then I had Larson, yeah. and I think you had somebody else who I had Sheldon. Sheldon, <laughs> that's right. So, our 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 uh, tiebreaker pick, which was because we both had Rico, our tiebreaker picks both had a rough night. Larson made the feature at least uh, over Sheldon, but yeah. So we'll do this again for the Kings Royal. So, who are your picks for the Kings Royal? Who? I'm going to ride the wave of momentum. My first pick is going to be Logan Shuhart. Uh, he showed a lot that should terrify a lot of the guys for this weekend. Uh, yeah, I could see that. He obviously ridiculously fast. Um, like I said, when they're on, they are on. And God dang, he was on. Um, I'm... I'm gonna pick uh I'm gonna pick Sheldon. I think he's going to uh I think he's gonna rebound. I actually think he's gonna win the Kings Royal. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, honestly. Yeah, I think I think I think he's going to. You know, million dollars on the line, you lay it all you lay it all out there, you're going for a million bucks because that's that's the prize to win, right? Is even though Macedo and Brad Sweet brought home great paychecks, you know, for their podium finishes at the end, they they were there to win that race. That's what it was all about. So, you know, Sheldon laid it out there, didn't get it, and uh, you know, Kings Royal, big time money still. So I think he's gonna be one of the guys that, to beat. And that's the difference. There was no points on the line. There was nothing other than money on the line. Yeah, if so. that's all it was. So, all right. So who's your second car gonna be? Oh boy. I'm going to go with uh, Carson Macedo. 
He was definitely fast, man. He was I, really fast. And and I think I think that is my I think he's gonna win it. I think he's gonna I win the would oh. not be surprised by that. Um I'm gonna pick Brad Sweet for my second pick. And I gotta be honest with you, any of our four drivers, I would not be shocked. Brad Sweet won and, one of the preliminary nights. He finished third. He was fast. He's he's won the King's Royal twice. So And and we both have a legitimate argument for our second picks. They both oh, yeah. in the million last night. They learned a ton. They have 50 laps. They had 50 laps to learn. Now it's, what, 35 laps tomorrow night for the Kings Royal? Yeah. Um, so if you put all that together, the track's not going to be a whole lot different. I mean, it's not going to change very much. Um. I think they're going to both take what they learned last night, put it in tonight and tomorrow night. And I can't disagree with both picks, either yours or mine. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to, to watching it. So just an amazing, amazing week of sprint car racing. But that's going to do it for our dirt track recap. And to wrap things up today, I, what is your opinions on the Anthony Macri family car split? Okay, so that's his family's car. Okay, so it's uh this isn't like your typical um you know car owner uh driver situation, right? This wouldn't be like um you know you take Brad Sweet for example, right? It wouldn't be like Brad Sweet and Casey Kane racing parting ways, right? Obviously, they've got a relationship. They've been together for a long time. But Casey Kane is not Brad Sweet's father. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the difference with the whole Macri thing. And it was a big shock. I mean, I've got friends who, um, you know, are obviously big posse fans and members and stuff like that and they know people in these circles and they're like i don't we don't know we don't know we don't know what happened so yeah i gotta be honest i don't really have many many thoughts on it because i don't know what to think about it i know for for uh for that to happen there's got to be something big that's happened there, there has to be right yeah and and then this is this is the double-edged sword racing for a family member. Yes, it's tough, racing man. Racing in a family car, um, you could fuck up and say the wrong thing, and then that that the racing's hung over your head. Um, Doing anything it, with family is hard. Yeah, it's kind of like going into business with a friend. You want to ruin a friendship really quick? Go into business with them. Yeah, and it's, and it's and, not easy to do. No, and it's not. It's not like. He was racing for Casey Kane racing and was fired. He he was something must have happened internally with the family. Yeah, That's the only the, thing I can think of. Yeah, the 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 uh, reporter, you know, quotes or whatever that was put out was basically like just a disagreement on on the future of the team or where we wanted to go. Or, you know, so it was a very politically correct statement that was made. Yeah, um, and and it's very unfortunate because Anthony Macri, I think, is very underrated as far as a race car driver. 
I can't he's say He's a anything. phenomenal sprint car. Look, and it, yeah. understand how much it pains me to say that. Like, it hurts my soul to have to admit that because I've talked about my feelings towards most <laughs> posse fans. Jeremy, I'm talking to you, buddy. But uh, Just kidding. I love you. But uh, no, I mean, it's just... I you have to give respect respect to this dude the guy's a phenomenal sprint car driver he is like he's he's one of those guys right where you look outside of like the outlaws you know what i mean where you talk about them the 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 posse like that's a legitimate group of drivers that you have to talk about and he's at the head of it right now he really is like if you look at what he's done this year they've had a phenomenal season He's an incredible driver. Like, he's really, really good. I would be shocked if he's not in a ride very, very soon. Now, from my understanding, uh, the Indy Race Parts team had basically said, hey, we'll roll out a second car for you for the million. And Macri turned it down. I was I was very surprised to not see him at the Eldora Million. And he's not going to be at the Kings Royal neither. So, yeah, I was I was shocked by that too because he's drove for Bernie before in, in mm -hmm. the past. Um dude, I'm just I'm intrigued to kind of know what in the fuck happened. Yeah. Um It's tough, man. And yeah, and this is this is one of the dealings that you gotta deal with when you're racing for family. Yep. It, it, it's basically a family business per se mm -hmm. you got to treat it like a business and the unfortunate thing this this is part of the business i yep. mean it is it's it's rough it's, man it's anytime nuts. you look at the the most successful drivers right in sprint car racing and they all have a common thread where the family gets them started takes them so far and then gets out of the way right like that's really it you know, um, like, you know, Brad Sweet, right? Family, right? His parents got him in the to outlaw carts, took him so far. And then as soon as Brad Sweet started getting his own rides, like that was it. He, he not racing for family no more. Kyle Larson, same thing, right? What was he? 14, 15, 16, whatever old he's flying back East to Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, like these guys, they're, they're, um, ability to to move on and then like separate that right like your the family's obviously around they're involved but they're not the car owners they're not the team owners when you are in business with family it is tough it is tough Brutal. it is not easy man i i am in business right now with my brother i love my brother and for us to make it work, like it has to be like clear and defined from the beginning, because if it's not when it's very easy for it's very, when you are working with family, it's very easy for feelings to be hurt because yeah. you don't know if things are being said because they're family, right? Or is this a power thing, right? Like if I'm, you can and you can use a uh, a use a situation that almost every parent out there can understand, which is like coaching your kids' little league team or football team or soccer team, whatever. Right? There's always the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? 
you have the one side where the the kid's parents, who's the coach, right, thinks their kid is the next, you know, coming of Patrick Mahomes in football or, you know, Babe Ruth in baseball, right? Their kid does everything and they they start all the positions and they're the one that's always, you know, they're propped up and at the end of the day, they're not very good. Or the opposite end of the spectrum, which is how I am with my son when I coach him, where I am twice as hard on him than I am every other kid. Right at the end of the day, no one's going to think that I'm favoring my son because I'm not. I'm actually punishing him more. And it's something that parents do subconsciously. You don't even realize you do it until you until you sit back and look at it. I didn't even know I was doing that to my son until I like my wife said something. She's like, "You know, you're harder on Isaac than everybody else." And it's like, "Holy shit, I am." You know what I mean? So, when when you are now talking about a family business like sprint car racing, that's that's a very hard line to walk. And we don't know what happened, right? But for them to split, something has obviously happened. And and not only to just split, but for him to not even want to show up at the racetrack. Yeah. Because I'm going to say this. He's too goddamn talented to be sitting at home on the couch. Yep. For him to not even show up at the racetrack while his family's car was there and Lance DeWeese was in it. I, yeah. So something happened. Hopefully we can get some more light shed on the story. Um, I don't know if we ever will, right? Because it is a family situation and it just kind of depends on what kind of family they are when it comes to airing dirty laundry. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, big, big news. Um, I would be shocked. I've heard a couple of people out there be like, well, Macri's going to be done for the season. I would be shocked by that. There's still a lot of racing left in the season and... Uh, he's too good to just be sitting on the sideline. And understand how much it pains me to say that. But uh, he's really good. He's really, to, really good. <laughs> pains me to talk about the PA possibly. I know, me too. I said last night to a couple of those guys, because we were all watching the race together in a chat, I was like, I was like, you guys have not had a respectable driver since Stevie Smith. <laughs> that did not go over well but it's okay because they all know i'm joking so but anyways all right you guys well that's going to do it all for this week's show we will be back next week um we'll be recording on thursday next week after we get through the kings run all this stuff like this so yeah enjoy the rest of the weekends uh of racing because we've got we still have a lot the the eldora million was just to start we've got the king's royal plus we've got cup racing there's all kinds of racing going on so enjoy the rest of your weekend keith my man have a good one will do everyone out there yep we will uh please download share like subscribe all that other good stuff do that for us and we'll be back here next week to do this all over again so until then as always take care